Shirts fans to episode number 802, the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. And yeah, I figure we might as well just go ahead, jump right into it. Uh, the theme of this game to me was uh, the Rangers playing a complete 60. There wasn't ever really a time in this game where the Blue Jackets got much of anything going. I thought the Rangers defended very well. And in a lot of cases, uh, that good defense led directly to some scoring chances. And in some instances, some goals for the Rangers. At least three of the goals that the Rangers scored in this game were the direct result of the Rangers making good defensive plays. And we'll get to that in due time. But as far as just kind of like a general look at this game, yeah, you know, I mean, I think coming into this, after what happened against the Blues, where the Rangers were obviously a half step slow, uh, you're looking for a faster start. You're looking for guys to skate better. Uh, you know, just more time in the offensive zone, uh, a little bit more physicality. Maybe this wasn't the most physical game ever, but I, I thought it was a little bit more physical uh, than the one that came before it. And I think we pretty much got everything that I just mentioned there. And for the third time in the last four games, uh, the Rangers get off to a, a really fast start, hit the ground running, uh, built a lead and just didn't look back. The only game that they didn't start fast was against the Blues. It's somewhat understandable because uh, they were playing the second game of a back-to-back uh, the first one was at home against the Lightning, just an electric atmosphere in Madison Square Garden. Rangers, you know, in a war against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, uh, you know, kind of an underwhelming opponent, and the Rangers lost that game to the Blues. That that loss, though, against the Blues, it probably bothered me less than any other loss that the Rangers have had this season. I just thought they were kind of victim of circumstance. And I understand you still got to find a way to get up for these games and put your best foot forward and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, just weren't able to do it that night. I always look to the game after that. How do you bounce back? And the Rangers bounce back in excellent fashion in this game. You look at this entire game as a whole, there is not much to nitpick as far as the Rangers are concerned. You know, I know they went 0 for 2 on the power play, but you know what happens? They only had two chances. Uh, there was really nothing negative coming out of this game for the New York Rangers. I think pretty much everybody contributed to this win. And again, not the best of opponents, but you still have to play well. The Rangers did that. They took nothing nothing from, for granted. Um, you know, they obviously up against a team that uh, is not going to be going to the playoffs and probably at this point can't wait for the season to end, uh, but they still went out there and uh, they got the job done. You do have to play well in this league. You're, you're not going to win on talent alone, at least not on most nights. Uh, and while we're on the subject here talking about the Blue Jackets, Sam Rosen said something early in this game that I thought was hilarious. I don't think he was trying to be mean or disrespectful or anything like that, but he was talking about the Blue Jackets and I laughed a lot when he said this. So I, I wrote down what he said here. He goes, the Blue Jackets, it's just been a miserable season for them. Like, the way he said it, it was just so, it was like the most unintentionally funny thing that he's probably ever said. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's true. You know, it's just been a really rough season. They got Gaudreau in the offseason, and obviously it hasn't really led to a whole lot of anything for them. But, you know, again, the Rangers going out, taking care of business. I mentioned the fast start. Uh, that was, uh, you know, illustrated by the fact that they were just skating very well, spending a lot of time in the offensive zone. But then, of course, uh, the more tangible way, they scored two goals in the first period, both of them happening uh, about midway through the first. And uh, we'll break down those goals in due time here. But I do want to spend a good portion of today's episode talking about Patrick Kane here. You know, he was back into the lineup 
for the first time, missed a handful of games. Like Gerard Gallant said, I think the Rangers mostly just being precautious. And, you know, he's had that hip issue. And, um, you know, Gallant even mentioned that, you know, if it was the playoffs, he didn't use the word playoffs, but he said this time next week, uh, Patrick Kane would be out there and he would be playing. So I think it makes sense to exercise caution. We saw them do that with Ryan Lindgren. Uh, They did it for a little while here now with Patrick Kane. Uh, Hopefully he's back and he's ready to go. Um, And as far as the line combinations are concerned, they did pretty much uh, about what you would expect here. You know, they went with uh, Kreider, Mika Kane from left to right. That was your top line. Second line you had from left to right, Panarin, Trocek, and Tarasenko. Then, of course, the kid line. And then, of course, VZ, Goodrow, and Mott as the fourth line. Uh, One interesting other wrinkle that they made is when Kane was out of the lineup, they had Vladimir Tarasenko playing in his spot on the top power play unit over on the right side there. And even before that happened, even before Kane got hurt and had to come out of the lineup, I mentioned the fact that, because we were trying to figure out, you know, what should the top two power play units be? Who should be on what unit? And uh, which 10 players deserve to be part of the power play on this team? And the only tweak that I wanted them to make was dropping Kane from the first unit to the second unit. I thought he could kind of take the bull by the horns there. You know, he'd be out there with Heedle and Lafreniere and a lot of young players, and he'd kind of lead the way for those guys and really start to assert himself. Whereas, you know, Tarasenko on the top line, I mean, I just want Tarasenko out there because I think he's played great uh, with the Rangers. And I think that, you know, if you're not going to have that line of Mika, centering Panarin and Tarasenko, which I thought looked spectacular not that long ago. If they're not going to be playing together regular strength, then at least maybe get them out there on the power play. Uh, But they didn't do that. They put Kane right back into his usual spot on the top power play unit, and Tarasenko dropped down to the second unit. I still would rather have Tarasenko there. I think he's clearly played better than Patrick Kane. He's been more assertive than Patrick Kane, and that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about here, and that's just kind of Patrick Kane as a whole. Um, you know, overall, he, he hasn't done that bad with the Rangers. You know, if you just go by the stats, I have his stat page open over here. 17 games, five goals, six assists. So 11 points in 17 games. It's not like a totally anemic total. It's not like he hasn't had, you know, a nice moment here and there since he's been a Rangers. But again, this is something that I talked about before he got injured. I'm just not seeing Patrick Kane, the best American-born player ever, the three-time Stanley Cup champion, the slam dunk Hall of Famer, the guy that's going to be up there on a lot of the... Uh, the all-time list as far as, you know, most points and, and most games played and most playoff games played and, you know, the, the three championships that I already mentioned, I'm just not really seeing it. I mean, he just looks a little bit tepid out there. And I, I think there was one play that illustrated that in last night's game better than anything else. There was a play in the third period, and I think at this point it was still just 2 to nothing Rangers. And the Rangers look to be in control of this game, but you don't know. I mean, they, you know, a two-goal lead is, is never safe in hockey. And... The Rangers get sort of a late-developing 2-on-0 break because Mika Zibanejad, by the time that Mika and also Patrick Kane were in the clear here, uh, Mika had the puck on the left side, and he was getting pretty close to the Columbus Blue blue line. I almost said the Columbus Blue Jacket. That doesn't make sense. He's getting close to the Columbus Blue line. He carries the puck over the blue line. He's got Kane to his right. They're going toward the net. Miko with a nice pass to Patrick Kane. I think I couldn't have been the only Ranger fan that was sitting there waiting for him to pull the trigger, waiting for him to shoot the puck there. Instead, he tries to pass back to Mika Zibanejad, and it does not work. The Rangers don't even really get much of a shot attempt away uh, after Kane made this pass here. And, you know, the announcers, Sam and Joe, and, and there could be some merit to this, but they talked about the idea that, well, you know, Mika's on 39 goals. Patrick Kane's aware of that. He wants to, you know, try to get Mika up to 40 goals, certainly before the season ends here. Um, I guess that's possible, but I mean, you can't be worrying about stuff like that. You know, we're trying to win a hockey game here and, uh, you know, increase the lead up to three, nothing. And, and at that point, you know, not that the game's over, but it's looking a lot better. Um, and just 
you know, the decision-making here by Patrick Kane. And I don't want to go crazy over one play, but to me, it kind of just illustrates how it's been since he's gotten here. So again, this 2 on 0 you know, Mika passes to his right to Kane. Kane's got the puck. You're waiting for him to pull the trigger. Kane, when he passes puck back to Mika, like I said, this was a late developing 2-0. And the reason that that's important is because, you know, they're running out of time here. They're running out of space to, to, to work with because it was it was it, it didn't become a two on zero until the Rangers you know carried the puck over the blue line there, and by the time Kane's got this puck, he's got to shoot. There's no time to pass it back to Mika Zibanejad. By the time Kane gets the puck, passes back to Mika, Mika's momentum is going to be taking him past the net. He's not even going to be able to get the shot away, and that's pretty much what happened here. It just wasn't going to work. Kane had a far, far, far better chance of scoring if he just pulled the trigger here than Mika would have. If, if, you know, even if Kane made a perfect pass here and completed it back to him, because by the time Mika got this puck, once again, he was going to be basically past the Columbus net. So don't know why Kane didn't shoot there. And, uh, you know, again, he's done okay since he's come to the Rangers. And I'm still completely in favor of the move. I'm glad he's here. When you have a chance to get Patrick Kane, you know, the slam dunk Hall of Famer and all the other things that I already mentioned that he is, and you only have to give up a second round pick, a conditional second and a fourth. Uh, you got to make that happen. And, you know, th- there's some people that, you know, didn't want the move to happen in the first place. And, oh, why is Kane here? We'd be better off without him. That's a bridge too far as well. Because if Patrick Kane wasn't on this team, you'd probably have, I would say, probably Jimmy Vesey. Either him or Goodrow would be playing on the second line right now. Not that that's like a death sentence or anything. But there were a lot of people that weren't a fan of that either. You know, Vesey and Goodrow playing in the top six. So you'd have one of them in the top six. And you might have Jake LeCision in the lineup. Who do you want on this team right now going into the playoffs? Patrick Kane or Jake LeCision? The answer is pretty obvious. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still glad he's here. I'm just looking for him to be a little bit more aggressive out there, be a little bit more assertive, and be that guy. And I, I wonder sometimes, too, you know, him going from the Chicago Blackhawks to the New York Rangers, he was synonymous with Chicago Blackhawks hockey. He's, he's lived there forever. Uh, he's been through ups and downs with that team. Obviously, uh, a few more ups and downs, uh, to be sure, you know, winning three championships. But... Is he having a tough time? Just like, like, is it weird for him being a Ranger? Did he, did he kind of like leave his mind in Chicago? Is there a part of him that kind of wishes maybe he was still there? I don't know. I mean, it's all just purely open speculation. Something that it reminds me of, and I did not plan on talking about this, but it kind of just popped into my head as I was discussing this here. So we're going to switch to baseball just for a second, and then we'll get back to the Rangers. There's got to be some Yankee fans listening to this because, you know, there's, you know, New York sports fans, you know, it's either Yankees or Mets in baseball and, you know, hockey, it's, it's Rangers Islanders. And I feel like a lot of Ranger fans are Yankee fans and maybe like Islander fans or Mets fans. But regardless, it kind of reminds me of when the Yankees went out in free agency and they got Jason Giambi. Giambi in Oakland, he was the guy there. And it was kind of like this team of renegades and Moneyball and all that stuff. Then he comes over to the Yankees. He's got to, you know, cut his hair, shave his beard, and he's in a new environment. And now he's joining a team with tremendously established players and slam dunk Hall of Famers, you know, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, uh, Jorge Posada, the list goes on and on. And it just felt like he, he didn't really know how to carry himself or how to fit in right away after being, like I said, the guy over there with Oakland. And it could be a little bit the same thing with Patrick Kane here. You know, the Rangers had that deep playoff run last year. They got the kid line. All those guys are really tight. You know, Mika and, uh, and Kreider are obviously very close and they're two of the leaders on this team. And Kane... You know, he wasn't the captain there, but he was one of the alternate captains in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something where he, he's just kind of still feeling his way out uh, as far as, you know, fitting in with the team and fitting in with the culture. Um, we'll, we'll see how this whole thing shakes out in the end. And, and none of this is going to matter. He can erase all doubt that any of us have ever had here. 
uh, if he goes out there and kills it in the playoffs and leads the Rangers to where they want to go. But yeah, right now, I just want to see that version of Patrick Kane, that version that we've seen throughout his career and that version that you got to believe at the age of 34 is still there. He's just got to find a way to pull it out of himself. And, um, you know, I'd like to see it ideally these last two games here, but uh, if not there, certainly in the playoffs because that's when it's really going to count. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to give some props to... Uh, to Nico Mikola. He got his first goal of the season here, and I think played very well in this game in general. And uh, also want to uh, give some credit to the coaching staff for something that they did in this game. And we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. One other thing, you know, I talked about Kane a second ago. One other little caveat here that uh, kind of coincides with him being back in the lineup, that drops Nico Mikola from the first line down to the third line, or pairing, rather, first pairing down to the third pairing, and it knocks Ben Harper out of the lineup, which is unfortunate, but just kind of a necessary evil. I mean, you're not going to play Harper. I know there's some Ranger fans that like Harper better than Mikola, I feel like in recent games, you know, down the stretch here, Mikola separated himself a little bit from Ben Harper, but I'm a huge Ben Harper fan, so I do feel for him. Uh, it, it's a cool story that he was almost out of the league and uh, carved out a nice role for himself on the New York Rangers here, but it's also nice knowing that uh, if any of the Ranger defensemen goes down with an injury in the playoffs, knock on wood, uh, that we've got somebody that you would think would be ready to go uh, jump into the into the lineup there, but we'll see. Uh, so something, I mentioned this a second ago, that I want to give the New York Ranger uh, coaching staff credit for is the uh, distribution of ice time that we saw in this game. Nobody got run into the ground and, and nobody was kind of left out in the cold. There was nobody with like 28 minutes of ice time. There was nobody with six or seven minutes of ice time. It was very evenly distributed. And I think that's a good way to, to do it right now for a couple of reasons. First of all, Basically, everybody on this New York Ranger team is playing well right now. So who doesn't deserve to get some ice time? And I know there's times where, you know, earlier in the season, Gerard Gallant would put out the fourth line in a situation that, you know, maybe didn't make sense. You know, maybe it was getting late in the game and the Rangers were down by a goal. You need to score. Um, and it's not the best time to put the fourth line out there. But the way this team is constructed right now, uh, everybody deserves to be on the ice, or at least, a, you know, a fairly good amount of time. And what I thought was very interesting here is the small amount of time among the Ranger forwards as far as who got the most minutes and who got the fewest minutes. So the Ranger forward with the most minutes in this game was actually Filipito, which is cool, and it's nice to see that the kid line is getting rewarded for the way that they've played. Uh, Filipito leading the way for the Rangers with 17 minutes and 38 seconds of ice time. And that despite the fact that he only got a minute 10 on the power play and 18 seconds on the penalty kill. So it's not like he's out there for, you know, a ton of time when it comes to special teams. So he led the way with 1738 overall. And somehow Tarasenko, and maybe this is just, uh, you know, Gallant looking to rest the veteran and make sure he's ready to go for the playoffs. But Tarasenko actually had the fewest amount of minutes uh, for any New York Ranger forward with 12 minutes and 27 seconds. So you've got only about a five minute difference as far as 
the Ranger forward with the most ice time and the Ranger forward with the least ice time. And I think that that's a really good way to go right now. Once again, because everybody's playing well and nobody deserves to be left out in the cold, but also because the playoffs are coming around, you don't want to run anybody into the ground. And you also don't want anybody out there for just a handful of shifts because you want to make sure that everybody's ready to go uh, when the playoffs start. Just a really good, complete team win here. Uh, everybody contributing and making the most out of the minutes that they're given. And as far as the defensemen are concerned, pretty even, uh, you know, share here as well. Uh, Adam Fox, I mean, he's always going to kind of be the workhorse for the most part, but he was out there for 23 minutes and 10 seconds. He had the most ice time uh, for any Ranger defenseman. And then as far as the least amount of ice time, that would be Nico Mikola. He was out there for 1725. So uh, not too much of a difference there either. And I think it's a good time of the year to do that, especially given how well uh, the team has played. I just mentioned Nico Mikola. Let's talk about Mikola in uh, some greater detail here. Uh, he was involved in, in quite a bit in this game. He's been kind of all over the ice in recent games, and there was actually a game, I think it was against the Devils, where he came close to scoring on a couple of different occasions. Uh, I mentioned him a second ago, too, where um, you know I, I think that he's separated himself from Ben Harper at least a little bit, and I think the Rangers were always planning on going with Nico Mikola as their sixth defenseman once that trade with the Blues was complete. Of course, Mikola coming over with Vladimir Tarasenko. But Mikola was involved in kind of a weird play in this game. It was late in the second period. So Robertson basically ran into Mikola at open ice, you know, right in the neutral zone there. Mikola, I don't even think, saw him coming. They called a five-minute major on Nico Mikola. And, you know, Sam and Joe were wondering how exactly this works because they, they went to review it. Can they reduce it from a five-minute major to a two-minute minor? Can they wipe out the entire penalty? This doesn't happen often enough. Where, honestly, even I know all these little intricate rules for sure. Uh, but apparently, yes, you can review it and change a five-minute major to nothing, no penalty at all. And that's what they did here because Mikola didn't do anything. He got run into. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make light of it because Robertson was obviously shaken up on the play. It looked like he hit his head a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously I hope that he's okay. Uh, but just kind of a strange situation because had they called Mikola for a two-minute minor in this situation instead of the five-minute major, this would not be reviewable. So Mikola would have gone to the penalty box and the Rangers would have been shorthanded. It's just kind of a weird situation there. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's something that the NHL wants to take a look at. I mean, I don't want there to be a situation where the NHL is reviewing every single penalty. That that would get very tired very fast. Um, but, yeah, just, just kind of uh, ironic that because they falsely called it a five-minute major, they were able to take a look at it and then wipe out the penalty altogether. So I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And as far as how to handle that in the future, I think the NHL has to uh, at least have a conversation about, you know, those kinds of rules in the offseason. But uh, Mikola in general, you know, just playing very physical hockey, He's another guy, you know, I've credited Ben Harper for this, but anytime there's a skirmish, uh, Mikola's right in the middle of it with everybody. It's funny because when you see a skirmish and Nico Mikola's on the ice, he doesn't like, he's not out of control. He's not usually, you know, yelling at somebody all that much, but I've noticed a couple different times where there'll be, you know, a get together and everybody's pushing and shoving. And again, he, he's not like overly animated during it. What he does though, I mean, he's so big, he'll, he'll just grab somebody's shirt collar with one hand and just kind of like hold them there. And just like not let go of them, and he's not usually talking that much, and he doesn't talk. He just he just stares right into their soul. That that's what Nico Mikola does. Grabs them by the shirt collar, stares into their soul, and uh, doesn't let them go, and doesn't let them do whatever they're trying to do there. But a good guy to have on the ice for sure um, when it all breaks down and you get some pushing and shoving and uh, some extracurriculars. But yeah, again, you know he he's done a nice job for the Rangers since coming over. I, I think I'm one of a lot of Ranger fans who he's kind of won over slowly but surely, you know, as the games have gone on here. And uh, I think his style, once again, is going to play very well uh, in the postseason. 
He was not part of that Blues team that won the Stanley Cup, um, but he's a big, tough physical defenseman who just looks built to play postseason hockey. I think it's pretty much as simple as that. And something really nice that Adam Fox said about Nico Mikola as well, because, you know, Ryan Lindgren missed a handful of games, more than a handful. I mean, it was double-digit games that Ryan Lindgren missed uh, recently. Then he came back for the one game, missed a couple more. Uh, he seems to be good to go now. But, you know, Adam Fox really put over Nico Mikola and how well he played because they had Mikola up on the top pairing with Adam Fox. And I thought the two of them, you know, figured it out pretty quickly. So uh, that was nice of Adam Fox to do there. But in a perfect world, you know, Ryan Lindgren's in the lineup. He's with his uh, BFF, Adam Fox, there. And Mikola's on the third pairing with Braden Schneider. And I, I think those two have figured it out too. When Mikola first came over, I thought the two of them were, were struggling to get on the same page, at least the first couple of games there, which is not to be completely unexpected. Um, but regardless, you know, I, I think they look a lot better now. And um, very cool to see Nico Mikola get his first goal in this game. We get the uh, the Mika to Mikola call. Mika to Mikola. I, I can barely even say it right now, and I, I know what happened. Mika passing to Mikola. Um, basically, uh, who got the secondary? I think it was Kane. Yeah, Kane to Mika Zibanejad, Mika into the offensive zone. Mika was going toward the net. Basically, the entire Blue Jackets team uh, went toward Mika Zibanejad on this play. And then Mika with a really slick pass back to his left. And Mika is on the, the doorstep there. He crashed the net. He tips it home. And he gets the goal makes it 3-0. So very, very cool to see Mikola uh, get his first goal of the season. I think well-deserved. And again, now, obviously, the reason why the Rangers made that deal with the Blues, first and foremost, was to get Vladimir Tarasenko and address an area of weakness, that being right wing. Uh, but don't sleep on Nico Mikola. I, I think he's added a lot of valuable depth there, and I think he's played very, very well down the stretch uh, with the Rangers. Somebody that seems to continue to be getting more and more comfortable uh, with his new team, and uh, he looks ready to go uh, for the playoffs. Uh, we will keep this thing rolling in just a second here. I want to talk a little bit about Igor Shesterkin pitching a shutout and a couple of crazy road stats that they showed after the game uh, once this one was complete. And we will get to all that good stuff in just a second. All right. So we did an episode not too long ago. I think it was like last week, maybe early last week. Uh, we we're coming down the stretch here. We're getting down to being about five games or so left in the regular season for the Rangers. Of course, now we're down to two. Um, but in that episode, I discussed a couple of things that I wanted to see from the New York Rangers, you know, down the stretch here, the rest of the regular season, just a couple of, you know, random things, some that are, you know, obviously more important than others. But one of the more specific things that I threw out there as far as something I wanted to see from the Rangers down the stretch this season, I wanted to see Igor Shesterkin not only continue to play the best hockey that he's played all season, which he has, but I wanted to see him get a shutout. And he did it. He got his 20 Safe shutout here, his third shutout of the season. Uh, two of his three shutouts have been fairly recently, and uh, even with three shutouts, that seems like kind of a low number for Igor Shesterkin, especially when you look at what he did last year. But nevertheless, Igor Shesterkin was very, very good in this game. He wasn't tested a whole lot, um, but he was there making the saves when he had to make the saves. And a couple of really nice saves down the stretch in this game to preserve the shutout. Uh, you know, Columbus had a power play. Igor made a really nice glove save. Uh, the puck... Later on the same power play, deflected off of Keandre Miller's skate, and Igor stuck out his left pad really quickly to make a toe save there. Uh, really, really alert on that play. Nice save. And then uh, a deflection attempt by the Blue Jackets with 3.30 left. Igor adjusted very quickly uh, on that play as well. And he actually uh, got some help earlier in the game uh, from Nico Mikola, who we just got done talking about. There was a situation where Jackets took a shot, Igor got his glove on it, 
and it kind of popped into the air, you know, pretty much went straight up. Nico Mikola was there, and he basically just went up and, and just swatted it out of there. Uh, looked like a volleyball spike almost, but he just had to get it out of the crease and uh, away from the net as, as quickly as he could, and basically just improvised and did a great job there. Uh, but yeah, Igor Shesterkin gets a shutout here. The reason I wanted to see the shutout is I just want to see Igor Shesterkin firing on all cylinders, looking at his very best, giving nightmares to the opposition. Like, I, I want that Igor factor where teams look at him and it's like, oh my God, how are we ever going to get the puck by this guy? And I, I think we're starting to get there. Like I said, I don't have his game logs in front of me. Uh, maybe I can pull them up really quickly here. But uh, he, he's played just, you know, outstanding hockey down the stretch here. It, it's approaching what he did last season. And of course, last season, uh, and a historic season for Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, I've got his uh, his last four games or last five games open here. I There's probably a way to, okay, game logs. Let's see. So, yeah, in this most recent game, uh, Igor Shesterkin allows zero goals. Obviously, he got the shutout. Uh, the game before that, he allowed three goals. Game before that, two goals. Game before that, two goals. Game before that, two goals. Game before that, one goal. Game before that, three goals. Game before that was also a shutout. And the game before that was two goals. So, uh, doing some quick math here, if you all just bear with me for one second. In his last nine games, Igor Shesterkin has allowed two goals or fewer in seven of them, and he has not allowed more than three goals in any of them, and he's also got two shutouts in there as well. So Igor Sesterkin, like I said, this is the best stretch of hockey uh, that we've seen from, from him all season, and uh, no reason not to think, not to hope, not to expect that Igor Sesterkin is going to carry this right into the postseason. Very much looking forward to that. I figured uh, I wanted to end today's episode by sharing a couple of uh, stats that they actually showed during the post-game broadcast last night because the Rangers, with this win last night, that was their last road game of the regular season. The final two games will both be at home. And some of these stats are, are very impressive and borderline crazy here. So I got them in my phone here. The Rangers, for the season, their record on the road, 24-9-8. and eight. So they only lost nine games in regulation all season. That's tremendously impressive. Uh, they also got 56 points on the road this year. That is tied for the second most in New York Ranger history. Another very impressive stat. Uh, they scored 3.24 goals per game on the road while allowing just 2.49 goals per game on the road. So they outscored uh, their opponents on the road by about a qu uh, three quarters of a goal per game. Uh, they had a plus 31 goal differential. And in their last nine road games, or I guess that would be yeah, they clearly made a mistake uh, on this graphic because it says in their last nine road games, they went 6-1-3. and three. Uh, That would be 10 games. So in their last 10 games, they went 6-1-3. and three. I'm not the best, you know, I'm not any kind of mathologist here, but I, I can do 6 plus 1 plus 3 fairly easily. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, obviously a really nice end to the uh, road portion of the regular season, I guess we can call it. And now uh, we turn our attention to the final two games for the Rangers here. Going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, how they play everything down the stretch here. If anybody gets a, a rest day or they try to limit somebody's ice time or uh, anything along those lines. But yeah, Rangers going to be in action at home against the Buffalo Sabres on Monday. The Sabres cannot make the playoffs, so it's kind of a meaningless game for them. I hate saying meaningless, but in a way it kind of is. And then the Rangers also play at home against the Maple Leafs on Thursday. And to do a quick standings check here, I want to go ahead and bring up the standings here. The Rangers, obviously now still in third place in the Metro, and they have 106 points in 80 games. They trail the second-place Devils, who have 108 points in 80 games. And then leading the Metro, the Canes, they have 109 points in 79 games. So the Canes up by a point on the Devils, up by three points on the Rangers, but they have a game in hand uh, against both of those teams. And as far as the Rangers potentially passing the Devils for second place, getting home ice in the first round, it could still happen, but... 
it's a situation where if the Devils win one more game, uh, they are going to get home ice because that would put them with 110 points. The Rangers could still tie them by winning both of their last two games. Uh, they both have 110 points in that scenario, but the Devils would have more regulation wins. Or no, they would actually have the same amount of regulation wins, which is the first tiebreaker, but the Devils would have more regulation plus overtime wins, basically wins that do not include the shootout. So if they finish with the same amount of points, if I'm understanding this correctly, uh, the Devils would end up with home ice advantage. The only exception there is if the Devils, in their last two games, if they lose both of them in overtime, that would get them to 110 points. And if the Rangers win both of their last two games, that would get them to 110 points. At that point, the Rangers would have more regulation wins than the Devils, and they would have home ice advantage in the first round. You got all that? Good. So uh, regardless, it certainly looks like we're getting Rangers-Devils. It's probably going to be Devils having home ice advantage, but whatever. You know, the Rangers, Ranger fans will just invade that arena anyway, and we'll get some Let's Go Ranger chance. We'll get some Pop Van Sucks chance. Maybe, uh... Maybe the fans can even sing the goal song. We've seen that a couple of times uh, in the past as well, including last year uh, against the Canes in the playoffs on the road. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.